Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, Tony East staked out at Forbes Sports, WTHR.com, locked on Pacers, SI Pacers, nearly everything. Did I see that you got engaged to? <laughs> you did. See Holy correctly. crap. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Hey, thank you. First time talking about it on the radio. So, oh, uh, is it really? Good, good oh, interview wow. skills, I guess. Yeah. Breaking the seal on that. So how <laughs> how lengthy how lengthy was the relationship where you thought, well, this past weekend was the time? Goodness, JMB. Too long is the answer. So uh, I'll just. Hey. It was the time was right. I was happy that we got to do it uh, in Brooklyn. It was awesome and. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic Sunday day, and the, the smoke cleared away in New York, which was wonderful. It was perfect. It is uh, never too long. Never. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I don't know, maybe 10 years down the road, if I'm not dead, Tony, we'll revisit this um, at some point, and then you'll go, you know what? Maybe you're right. <laughs> if I get a phone call from you, I'll be sweating before I even pick up the phone on that. <laughs> no doubt about it. Hey, you know what? And congratulations on that, by the way, too. Did, did we kind of see? I, I thought I really enjoyed it. There was zero shot-making ability last night for the most part. It was like we were transported back to the 1990s of the NBA last night. That felt good to me. How about you? Yeah, it was pretty cool. The, the Heat only hit, I think, 96 points in one game the whole series, right? Like, it was a really grinded-out, slower-paced series that was reflective of some older some older times of the NBA. Now, here's the thing. Last night, specifically at times, Danby, it felt like a college game, right? There was some ugly shooting last there night. There was. But in general, that series, the way it was, you had to really work for your points. Dudes were fighting. Some guys like Kyle Lowry were flying all over the place for some reason. It was really fun. It was really physical. And I love that the refs let it happen last night and let it be a physical game. Didn't call any fouls. But it was a really great end to a finals, even though the shot making was was pretty gross at times. Like. I love making fun of the best in the world, the NBA officials. Love making <laughs> fun of them. But last night, I mean, even with um, <laughs> the food bar that was that that whole uh, Jimmy Butler call oh. the leg out, and oh, you know, I oh, mean, they, 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 but again, I don't. How, how do they pick and choose somebody like Butler getting away with that? Because that's base. That's his repertoire. I mean, all of that is he gets all of those calls. I was just shocked that it went to review and it was upheld. But it should surprise nobody. My man just will dribble into somebody, crash into him, and get a foul call. It's amazing. It, that that was ridiculous. Like they tried to get rid of that leg kick craft too, and he. Swung his leg from like nearly out of bounds to inside the arc. Like, where? What the heck is Aaron Gordon supposed to do if he can't just run along the three point line? That 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 made me mad, and I'm glad that we're only going to talk about it for this one question because the Nuggets won, and it doesn't right. matter. Well, it's a footnote in history. And I hate reviews. Like, I just think they're so long, and just like, especially with three minutes left in the NBA Finals, you know, it's just dragging from the game. And I was just so frustrated with all that. But it doesn't matter that much, right? The Griff, the Griff King, Kyle Lowry had one in the second quarter where he just held the ball in the corner and faked like three threes in a row. He was never shooting. He just wanted to get fouled. And lo and behold, 
he got fouled, right? Sometimes it pays off, but um, it didn't if, you, if you were thinking this way, one could, I think, come up with the theory that maybe the NBA was trying to craft a little bit uh, of an ending there. That's that's kind of what it felt. If if one felt like that, you know, they've had that theory before, I, I think you could come to that conclusion. Maybe not completely logically, but a little bit of the way there. Uh, people will definitely come to that conclusion. I will not comment on that conclusion, but I think many, <laughs> many, many people could, in fact, come to that conclusion. <laughs> I, I thought about that for a moment. But, you know, with me, and, and I, I try to really, Tony, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, I, I try not to, to tweet out really stupid things, uh, which is very hard for me because I'm really stupid in general. <laughs> but I, and just right before, there was a moment before Jimmy Butler went on, I think it was an eight-point run there in the final minutes of the fourth quarter in that game last night, where I thought, man, it it looks like my man's got something else on his mind right now because he was deferring a lot. He really wasn't going at it when clearly it was his team's time of need, and he had done so so many times leading up to that. And then I, I had crafted out a tweet, and I was going to hit send, and I got it. Eh, no. let's, let's see what happens here. Let's see what happens if you don't send it. So I didn't send it. I erased it, and then he went on that like eight – eight-point run for the Heat would have made me look incredibly stupid. So sometimes I, I do have a little bit of the smarts good in terms of not sending something like that out because at the end, in a bad game for him, he did step up in Jimmy Butler-like moments that we've become accustomed to watching in this postseason. Yeah, he had an interesting game, right? And he said after the game, I'm not hurt. There's no excuses. And, like, if you're going to do it, when your season's over is the time, right? You don't got to yeah. face the questions anymore. So I believe him, but I, I, what was he one for 12 or something? Like he was playing terrible until that stretch. And then he had 13 points in just a few minutes to keep him in it. They were ahead for a, a split second there. I just don't know what to make of a lot of his playoffs because in the first round, he was the best player. I, a ton. Like he got them here for a reason, but just like slowly kind of fell off in the first round. And he had that ankle tweak in the next series. So I thought it could be bugging him, but and he proved it wrong late. And, you know, the, the, the correct answer, JMB, is never tweet. It just never goes well, right? But uh, it, it is fun to interact with people. But, yeah, he, he came up late. And I thought for a second after the three-shot foul that his late heroics could end up being the story of that game just because he figured it all out when it actually mattered. But the Nuggets deserve a ton of credit, man. And, and great for the, the Denver faithful to get a title for the first time. Yes, and uh, Mr. Denver, Peyton Manning, which makes everybody yeah, around here feel really good. Mr. I'm sure a lot of indie fans were cracking up when they were cutting to the celebrities, and it was Peyton Manning first, and then Russell Wilson second. It could not be a bigger cabinet challenge. Yeah, Manning's got one of those promotional gold chains for the finals around his neck too. I, I mean, I, I get it all the time, and I, I have to, I have to remind folks that regardless of how much everybody should love him around here to the 100 percent degree, uh, he was cut here by the owner once upon a time, and uh, that that will tend to always be with you regardless of how nice you have made since that point in time so you know i always have to battle that with manning because that does it pisses a lot of people off around here and just where he lives and where he is right now and that's the way that it is is tony east he does join us so give me a timetable here tony on as we put to bed the nba season how long will people continue to laud and love and you know throw rose petals at the nuggets before they start taking them to town and how long before Michael Malone gets canned like everybody else that's won a title before him here? What's the timetable on the Nuggets and their head coach moving forward? 
They'll make it through the parade before all that stuff comes <laughs> up, right? So 48 hours, right? It's, it's the NBA cycle. Unfortunately, it sucks that it talk, it's talked about this way. Like, for a team like that, you know, I tweeted this after the game. Like, that's like the perfect local fandom team, right? Like, their best three players, they drafted all of them. They stuck with them through a couple tough, you know, late playoff run losses in the conference finals, like – They've seen these guys grow up from kids to adults and grow chemistry and found the right coach and GM and all this stuff, and they finally win the title. Like, first title in franchise history of the best player in the world on your team. That has to just be so rewarding from a fan perspective and to know that you're going to have that team to watch for at least a couple of years going forward and by far the most low-maintenance superstar in the league, right? Like, that dude just wants to go back to Serbia. He doesn't want to go to parade. So, it's just it's just fun to root for, and it, it sucks for them that after however many days, three, four, whatever, the chat's going to be, well, how long can they keep this up? What's the next team? that I already saw that on TV today when we were sitting in St. Vincent Center for Pacers draft. I forget what show it was, but it was, who are the threats in the West to catch the Nuggets next year? It's like, they won the 12 hours ago. Can we talk about the Nuggets for a little bit? Yeah, I saw where some guy in Philly on the radio, which has to be an absolute clown show, there's no doubt about that, called the uh, Nuggets title meaningless and was talking up Joel Embiid is still better than Jokic. <laughs> I mean, you, oh. at, 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 at some point, man, st- stiffened butt has to get old at some point, right? I mean, there's just yeah. no way. There's no way if you watch that, you can even draw closely a conclusion like that. That's just clownish. I consider myself a pretty big Embiid guy, too. And, like, this was the closest regular season they've had in impact to each other. But, like, Jokic just kicked his butt in postseason. Like, it's not even close. It's literally not close right now. I can't stand him because he's from Kansas, and I don't like Philly either. So that's yeah, two things right there. Kansas, what's wrong with Kansas? Oh, I can't. Oh, I just I'm, I don't. I never really knew what it was. I just never have liked their basketball program. And really, this goes back to Kevin Pritchard. I couldn't stand him when he played for him. <laughs> I just I always always they're on again. Uh, and no matter who the coach is, whether it was you know Larry Brown or Roy Williams. Um, or whomever, I um, I just I've never been able to stand them. Scott Pollard doesn't like me for that, but that's tough. So I don't blame him. They've had some fun teams in my life, the the Chalmers and no, Morris Barf, team. Barf, Barf, <laughs> Jacques Vaughn, oh, Oster, Greg Ostertag. I mean, all all that crap. I can't stand it. In- incredibly successful. But if there's one team I don't want to watch and I think sucks in college basketball, it would be the Kansas Jayhawks. No doubt about that. But anyway, all right, so the Pacers now, I guess we're officially on the clock as far as the offseason now the NBA is concerned, a little over a week away from the NBA draft. Um, I believe they'll stay at seven and draft who is there that they like and then move forward. I don't know what they're going to end up doing with the other first-rounders, what they have in the back end of the first round, but would you agree they're going to stay at seven and draft there? That would be my most likely prediction. I get why they would consider moving up, I suppose, if they really love one of the wings that's higher up there, but it seems like given their asset situation, their roster situation, and, and the fact that all these guys in the tier of players that they could be selecting from really could be great positional fits. Seems like staying pat or within the tier that they're currently in makes a lot of sense, right? And they could still get somebody who could help them and fill a, a pretty significant need of 
that 3-4 kind of player. And so uh, they are fortunate that this draft does have a lot of that type and, and right in their range as well. Do you have any wing answers for them this offseason? Uh, what you believe to be the best answer for them, whether it's an already established player or somebody they're drafting, do you have you have you know one wing that you think, wow, this certainly could be done here, and this is what would make them better the moment they made it happen? And draft wise, you know the two guys that everybody's going to point to forever and ever are going to be Jaris, Jaris Walker and uh, Taylor Hendricks. Both look like they're going to be besides defenders who can do a little just enough on offense to give you what you need, but also still be, you know, huge fits with Tyrese Halbert. I mean, all you really need from guys playing with Halbert is just finish plays, make some threes, right? It sounds so simple. It's not, but you know, that that's going to be significant. Those two guys seem like they could do it as for actual free agents, like established NBA players who are pretty good. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of forward jiggle free for them, right? Like Harrison Barnes is an interesting name to look at because he's not flashy. He's not going to take them over the top, but, has played for Carlisle before, has played with Halliburton before, is really good at a position they need. P.J. Washington coming out of Charlotte could be somebody who's right in their aims range, is talented. Georges Niang, one of Halliburton's good friends, should wiggle free from uh, Philly this summer. We'll see if they retain him or not. So there's a lot of good fits. The, the, the fact that Power Forward is probably the best group of players this summer, Draymond Green, Jeremy Grant, Porzingis, uh, there's a lot of guys should be good for the Pacers and just because they need depth at that spot so bad. Uh, and some of those names I just said are important. They also at the small forward spot, right, like Cam Johnson, if they could somehow get him from Brooklyn. There's a lot of, like, pretty good fits, Chris Middleton, Kuzma. Uh, there's no slam dunks in terms of age and contract and everything, given where the Pacers are headed. But there are some good fits among those names I just said, and they've got money to blow and a team that wants to get better. So it seems like they could be a fit for any of those guys that are potential looking to move teams. I, I, maybe I missed it. I didn't know if you mentioned him or not. I've heard his name at least knocked around a couple of different times, and, and you know that there are going to be some some changes you expect in Philadelphia. Is Tobias Harris, I mean, he's really expensive. And if I, I remember correctly, when I'd first heard his name kind of knocked around a little bit, he didn't want to come here years ago. I thought that there was there was something where he had mentioned, you know, that this was not going to be a spot for him. So I, I don't know if that plays a role. I don't know. Is that a, a name even that you've heard out there as far as possible interest? Maybe not just with the Pacers, but around the NBA outside of Philly. Yeah, he's a fascinating fit to me because everybody talks about the contract and then he's expensive. And like, yeah, that, that matters. But this is the last year of his deal coming up, right? So like if the Pacers fit him into their space this year and – then, it, then it's over. It's not like there's any opportunity cost if, if it's something that they choose to do this summer uh, of what he'd be preventing them from doing in the future. And he's good. <laughs> you know, I think that is lost along, among people too, like breaking news, good players cost a lot of money to have on your basketball team. Um, so uh, he's not like amazing, but he definitely is good. He can score, he can shoot, he can defend. Like the Pacers need all that. From a guy of his size, getting his burger should be valuable. So if Philly's looking to, to dump him because – you know, the CBA is coming in, and a lot of these expensive teams are just going to have to start making moves at some point soon. Perhaps the Pacers could be a good fit because they have cap space to make that a lopsided trade that could cut some salary significantly from what the Sixers are doing. And, yeah, he's he's good. Like, I think that is probably the, the bare minimum requirement for the Pacers specifically. I don't quite remember – that was 2019, right, when he was a free agent? Well, uh, I, I thought that he had said something about Indy. That that is possible. Maybe I dreamt that. I'm not sure. 
I'm sure. I'm sure that's possible. Um, or maybe about there. about the Pacers organization yeah, and not but, wanting to be here. He was 26 then. Out of it, they pulled that off. That would have been a good signing at the time. Um, so yeah, if he if he truly is available, the trade's just harder for me because I feel like sometimes you're just guessing if guys aren't aren't going to be available. But for him and the Sixers money situation, it does make some sense, especially if they want a prayer of keeping James Harden. So uh, that would make sense to me. I mean, he he's good and he would fit very well with what they do and how they play. So. Uh, if that does become an option, it would, I don't think it would take a lot to get him, too, because you know the Sixers do need that money savings. What about Cam Johnson? You mentioned him a little bit earlier. What, yeah. what kind of interest would you have in him? I would. It, the trouble is he's restricted, right? So the Nets could just match your offer and keep him. But I mean, he's six eight, six nine. He's huge. He can really shoot it from three. I mean, that's exactly kind of what the Pacers need. He can defend a ton of positions and. I think it's going to be hard for, for some people to see how the NBA is about to change pretty fast because the league interest is going well. They have a new TV deal coming. Fans are back in butts after COVID. Like, the salary cap's going to be almost $200 million in five years to the point that, like, $25 million starters are going to be cheap. Like, it would not surprise me if Cam Johnson got $100 million guaranteed this summer. And people are going to go, huh? But, I mean, I think that's just what really good wings are going to take for – what the NBA is, and, and if the Pacers have to do it to get him, maybe they do it because 20-something million a year is what it takes to get really high-quality wings on your team these days. I mean, you saw a lot of these forwards last summer flying off the board for about that much. Kyle Kuzma's probably going to get about that much. He's worse than Cam Johnson. Like, if the Pacers could get him, that'd be huge, but it's going to be expensive to do it, and because the Nets could match, it's kind of hard unless Brooklyn's willing to work out something separate, but that doesn't seem like something they'd be interested in, even though he'd be an awesome fit with what the Pacers need. Yeah, I, I, I thought about that as well. Any other names that you're thinking about as far as an established player? And then is there much activity as far as the free agency period at all with Kevin Pritchard and company, or might that go quietly? Can I ask you something? What, what would you think of Dylan Brooks? What's that? I'm sorry? What would you think of Dylan Brooks after his uh, his exit from Memphis? Oh, uh, you know, Dylan Brooks? Uh, yeah, I think that's a horrendous idea. <laughs> <laughs> he can really defend, um, but yeah, that. I'm not sure that'd be a great one. Jeremy Grant could be a good one as well. He had a really good well, the, the, Jer- the Jeremy Grant thing, uh, because of the length and athleticism, and he always flies under the radar, would be interesting. Yeah. Dylan Brooks, I don't know how much Dylan Brooks is going to change. There's no doubt he can defend, but I, I don't know with his reputation the way that it is right now with a young, still building, up-and-coming team. Yeah, I don't think that's a good fit here at all. Yeah, I wouldn't think the Pacers would do that, but I mean, skill set wise, he does fit. Grant's just, you know, a 20 points per game good defender who's not inefficient at his size. I mean, that's a that's a fantastic player, and I don't know why Portland would let him get away, but if they did and the Pacers had a shot, he would be very high on my list. Of, if well, I'm Kevin Pritchard, uh, and, and a lot of things, a lot of things regarding Portland that you bring up to Tony is the fact that they, it looks like that they're going to go through a, a major transition, either moving on from Lillard or trying to add significant pieces with Lillard. So that that's going to be worth watching, I think, out there in the Pacific Northwest as to what they're wanting to do with that team. They're so confusing to me because I don't know what they can get for the third pick that's going to. Just like snap their fingers and they're, you know, oh, we can be Denver next year. Like, no, they can't, right? So then what do you do? I mean, it, 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 still being a good team is valuable. Like, if you want to be good with Dame, go for it. But it just feels like if you really want to, like, contend, Shaden Sharp and someone really good at three and, like, a ton of stuff you can get for Damian Lillard seems like a great starting point to me. But 
I don't think that, that they would do that, and I get why. You know, he's a homegrown star. But, yeah, I mean, if, if Brant becomes free, he'd be near, if not the top of, like, what my Pacers list might look like. He is a really good fit. And the cycle's a weird one, right? When you have the second top ten pick in a row for the Pacers, they're really scouting. And I think a lot of the coverage has been around the draft because they've had a workout basically every day. I mean, they have five picks, so they're checking out as many players as they possibly can. But, you know, it's, it's so fast from the draft to free agency in nine days. you got to kind of catch up and go, okay, what does every team need now? And because of the order of events, I think the draft gets more coverage because you can't really say – what the Pacers' needs are until the draft is done, and then you see what their players are and what their situation is. But we'll, we'll see what actually shakes out in that way. Um, but I, that's why I think the draft is kind of dominating that conversation, even though KP could certainly be looking at you know what forwards will be available or how much money could we have, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, Locked on Pacers, WTHR.com, SI Pacers, Forbes Sports. Tony East covers the Pacers and the NBA. Fever as well. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So what appears to be a rebuilding effect going on north of the border in Toronto, might that get some interest from the Pacers as far as what the Raptors are going to do here in the short term? Yeah, new head coach, snagging up an assistant from Memphis. Uh, you know, going off the wall like that is not something you typically do to run back your same roster, right? But the Pacers tried that sort of with Bjorkren a few years ago, fittingly at Toronto, former assistant. Yeah, I think the Raptors are right for a change. I think they they got to know. But the, the, the vibe I get is they're going to try, similarly to the Pacers, to see if a new coach is enough to get that group to go and gel and run, and then if they do poorly for a season, they could pivot. But yeah, they, they look, they didn't make the playoffs with an expensive team. Like I, I feel like that team needs to be looking to make changes, and they have a ton of players that, you know, between Siakam and Achua and Ananobi, obviously, who's been talked about a ton in this market, that would fit pretty well with what the Pacers uh, need and play a position to need. Like, if they actually pivot, the Pacers should be all over that. Yeah, that's what I wonder. That's kind of sounds like what, what they're ultimately going to do. All right, for the, the Pacers roster is packed right now, so they're going to have to do some something about that. Establish the Pacer players that you think may not start the season with the Pacers. Where do we begin with those names, according to you? Oh, that's tough. I mean, I think I would look in the front court first. They have a lot more centers than – they can give minutes to. I mean, Turner, assuming he's back. I mean, you know, Turner's name it gets brought up every summer, as you know. But uh, assuming he's back, which I will, uh, you know, between Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson and Tice, that's three bigs playing, you know, one spot, basically. I mean, that, that's tricky. And then same kind of deal with, you know, Aaron Neesmith, Chris Duarte, Jordan Wara. That's three guys kind of vying for one or two spots at the backup wings, especially if they get a good forward in the draft and free agency, which – it seems like a team that wants to make the playoffs next year would try to do that. So um, among those names is kind of where I'd look, see which ones you can get maybe good value for, or which ones do you feel like fit the worst with what they're trying to do, right? Duarte just had a down year, but he was an awesome rookie. How do you view that? Or uh, all sorts of things in terms of valuations with their backup centers. You know, they traded for Smith. They drafted Jackson. Who do they value more there in terms of fit and skill? And Tice is on an expiring contract and is a veteran. And, then you got to think in general if you're the Pacers, JMV. This one's harder to kind of think about because they're good. But Tice, McConnell, and Heald, all in their last fully guaranteed year of their contract and all 30-plus years old for kind of a younger Pacers team, they're all good and it would make sense to have on the team next year in some sort of role. But it would at least make sense for the Pacers to think about what the offers would look like for those guys just given their contracts and age. So there's a lot of guys that in theory could be 
in that conversation you just brought up. What would that do to the Pacers' offense if they were to trade Buddy Heald, as many suggest they will? Yeah, I don't know that they will. Um, he's really good. You know, there's a reason he is such a boost to what they do on the end of the floor. Like, it's not even that – I mean, it's obviously a big deal that he's an amazing shooter, but the spacing he provides, I mean, I always feel like – it's such a lazy thing to talk about, but got to be accounted for. He's got to be accounted for, Tony. I mean, you got to know where he is, and it's much like when you watch Duncan Robinson. I'm not trying to compare the two whatsoever, but defenses will twist themselves in a pretzel, making sure there's coverage on a high volume maker, not just a shooter, but a maker like Buddy Hield. And I think that that is the most important aspect where we move forward here with this Pacer team with what they need. Besides yeah, defense, had, yeah. They had three points per 100 possessions better on offense with Buddy last year on the floor. And, like, he's the same player on or off, right? So, like, that's everybody else just having an easier time out there because he's – like, his defender's, like, holding his jersey, like, three feet from the basket, basically. And he runs around like a maniac, and that's in a good way. It scares defenses every time he touches the ball. Like, man, it's, it's fantastic what he's able to do for their offense. So – uh, that because of all that, it would be a huge loss if they lost him. But that's also why other teams would want him, right? So that, that he had his best season ever last year. Like in theory, would have some value to every contender who needs shooting. So I don't know that they will shop him necessarily, but I think he's got value and is very good for both the Pacers and any team. But if the Pacers try to contend to make the playoffs next year, why would they be looking to move vets just to move vets, right? So it'll it'll all depend on value, I think, for anybody that they move. All right, so uh, what are you writing about here moving forward? I want to get you back on again next week, either before or after the draft next week, but what are you writing about right now? Yeah, catching up on all the prospects, all something on Jarris Walker and Hendrick, Taylor Hendricks out this week, uh, looking at some of the key Pacers' core players, who they pair well with, what that means, what the Pacers could pursue this summer, all sorts of fun stuff, JMB. Congratulations on the engagement. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, we'll check. Sports news of the weekend, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. Thanks for hopping on, man. I appreciate you. Of course. Thank you. It's uh, Tony East right there. A variety of things, including WTHR.com, Forbes Sports, Locked on Pacers, and more. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline, friend of the show. Let's talk at length with one Bob Kravitz. Bob, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm terrific, man. How are you? Great. Um, The news super sucked yesterday, but knowing you and your level of talent, um, everything is going to be all right. It's Cruel to be Kind with Nick Lowe, which is a great song, by the way. But I'm assuming you still want to go at it just as you have over the past 41 years, correct? You know, John, I, I don't know. I, I'm 63. Um, I, I've dealt with a lot of uh, health issues in the last couple of years, as you know. Yeah. And I need to find out here in the next 
I don't know, a week or two, whether uh, I'm going to retire completely or uh, continue in some, you know, some form or fashion. And quite honestly, it's been 48 hours and I've played some golf since then. And I really don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, So if anybody has any great ideas, feel free to forward them. On to me. What um? What, what's the type of? I mean, what what would you be looking for? What would like, for example, Bob, turn the table from you know wanting to retire and and play golf and and just enjoy yourself right now at sixty three or or going back into what you have done at such a high level for forty one years? You know, I mean, there there are some uh, like Substack, which is a uh, like a self self um, is self publishing, I should say. Um, you know, I could do that. Uh, I actually, I actually did get an offer uh, last night. I won't mention from whom, but um, you know, I, I'm going to think about all this. I, I, I've got, some, I got some severance. I'm going to enjoy my summer. I'm going to play a lot of really crappy golf, and I'll decide what's next. But it's been a hell of a run, man. And I, I, I don't feel. I mean, I, I, it sucks. You know, you never like to be told. Uh, that you didn't get it done, or you know, whatever. But uh, I, I, I think I think there are opportunities out there for me if I choose to pursue them. Did you know that that was coming yesterday? Well, I knew in the morning. Uh, I went on uh, uh, Slack, which is kind of our email, and I was I couldn't get in. And then I tried to get on WordPress to see what kind of numbers I was drawing on my last column. And that was closed. And then I saw a note uh, that they wanted to talk to me at 1040. And it was an editor and somebody from the uh, human resources side. And I said, well, that's that. You know, and what's happening, John, is, you know, when they started out, they wanted to be um, they wanted to be like the local newspaper, you know, with uh, a national feel in addition and what they've decided uh, they've really changed the business plan and they want to concentrate on the big stories uh, the big markets the golden states the uh, LA's the Chicago's and New York's and really Indianapolis uh, just doesn't just it just didn't uh, draw the numbers that they would have hoped so um, not blending Indianapolis. Uh, this is my home. I love this place. But um, it, it just it, it just doesn't have the kind of cachet that the that the New Yorks and the Chicagos and the LAs have. So they made a decision, and I I've just got no choice but to live with it. Right. It's uh, Bob Kravitz who joins us. I, I hate it that you you basically pieced it together before you were told. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, and, and then there was also a note from the top editor uh, from the New York Times saying we're we're going to uh, get rid of uh, was it four percent or five percent of uh, the the editorial staff and you know I'm not good at math but I can put together two and two. Do you like doing this as much as you have at sixty three? Or you no. feel like you need to in, I mean, give me some reasons as to why things have changed for you with that in mind. Well, I, I think I think if I'm being totally honest, you know, I, I used to have a hell of a fastball. You know, I mean, 
Yeah, I was Nolan Ryan. And uh, as time wore on and you get to a certain age and you've been doing it for a certain number of years and you have the heart problems that I've had, you you kind of lose your edge a little bit. And I don't think I necessarily – I think I did some good work for the athletic. Do I feel like it was my best work? Not necessarily. I think my best work was at the Indianapolis Star and to a certain degree Channel 13. But the last couple of years, if I'm being totally honest about it and forthright, um, it's been a little tougher – uh, because you just don't have the enthusiasm for it that you once did. And I, I think, you know, it's funny, when I was a younger writer, I would see older writers who were just kind of, you know, uh, just just kind of hanging in there and not doing their best work. And I said, I'll never be like that. And you know what? You get to 63 and yep. quadruple bypass and all the other BS that, has, uh, that I've had to deal with. And you get to, to that age and you're just not as enthused about what you do. So I'm not saying that there's a good reason why they got rid of me. I mean, my, my metrics were, were very, very good. But it, it just, you know, they're, they're making a business decision and I just have to live with it and, you know, move on from there. He is Bob Kravitz with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I think a lot of it, too, is you, you get to a point where, I mean, like you, you talk about, you know, your fastball and, you know, be, being educated with an opinion and a column and a piece. And now so much of that gets lost in the shuffle of everybody out there trying to make a name by screaming and yelling about everything else. That that makes it even more difficult. I mean, it dilutes everything, journalism and then some. You you have to um, – what's the word I'm looking for? You, you have to resist the temptation to scream and yell like a madman. You really do. I mean, it's just, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's what the athletic is doing. I mean, I think they do wonderful work. We've got some amazing writers, and and I, I still believe that people should support journalism, whether it's the Star or the Athletic or both, whatever. But yeah, it just it, 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 it's 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 a tough time, but I'll deal with it. I'll move on. You know, whether I'll continue to work, I don't know. Uh, I'll get some answers here in the next week or two. But uh, journalism has changed a lot, man. Yeah. And, you know, uh, wh- whether I was guilty of becoming that old fart, uh, I don't know. I-, I really don't know. But I, I know my numbers were good. So uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Well, don't, because there's absolutely no need to uh, that with 41 years and you look at those that you have competed against those that are your colleagues i mean those that are esteemed around the nation those that are well known around the nation in journalism in tv in radio in print that have responded and reached out to you has been amazing and I, I think yeah. to me that's if I'm you that's all I need to know about how you know some of the 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 foremost in what you have done over 41 years you know believe you to be in that type of company I mean nothing else really needs to be said after that 
Well, I've gotten it's been uh, admittedly very gratifying. Uh, I've heard I, I talked to Rick Carlisle this morning. Uh, I've heard from Tom Telesco, uh, who used to be here yep. in Indy. I've heard from uh, Pritchard, uh, from from Chris Ballard. I mean, I've heard from a lot of lot of oh Tom Green. God bless Tom Green. He wrote a, a tweet ripping the athletic for for letting me go. Yeah. So I appreciate that, but it's not necessary. But yeah, it's been it's been very gratifying to see the reaction, and uh, you know I, I'm humbled by it. But now I got to figure out how I'm going to pay for stuff. So. <laughs> So, so we'll, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on to that next step at some point. Yeah, you'll. Uh, I don't think you'll have any problem figuring that out, and in, in whatever decision might be, because at some point, as you mentioned right now, you just other things take priority. And you've talked about your health, and you know, right. you think about you know life after what you have done. I mean, you 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 love being known as you know writer, personality, sports commentator Bob Kravitz, but you like to be you know Bob Kravitz, just you know the guy beyond that. Right. And those things become more important than what I'm sitting here doing or what you have done over 41 years. They just do. I'm going to find out who the hell I am here in the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months, if that makes any sense. Because I've always been the columnist. I've always been the TV guy. Well, TV guy for a little bit. Um, you know, I've always been the radio guy. Done a lot of, you know, I think pretty decent stuff here in Indy and in my previous stops. And I just have to decide, and maybe it'll be decided for me, you know, what my next step might be. Uh, I've already heard from some people, uh, you know, a job, job possibilities. So that that's gratifying too. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a long run, and, and and I'm I'm proud as hell of what I've I've done. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of women um, in my business don't last 41 years. So if this if this is the the end of the road for me. Uh, I'm perfectly satisfied with uh, what I've done in the business. I think, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, they get in trouble. They say the wrong thing. They they get on the wrong side of, of, of management. I don't think I've done that. So, you know, I'm proud of what I've done, and whatever happens, happens, and I can live with whatever whatever comes next. I can tell you what you've done here is nobody has had – since you have been here, um, more of a connection with those sports figures in the know here. I mean, I, I know you know how quickly Peyton Manning responds to oh, yeah, something exactly. that you you email him. I know you know your relationship with Kevin Pritchard. You know, obviously with the Colts, whether it's you know Jim Irsay or now it's Chris Ballard. Nobody has had the ear of those decision makers in sports around here over the past. Uh, whatever it's been, 23 years here like right. you have. I'm not trying to blow smoke up your rear end. That's just the absolute no, no, truth. Feel, feel free. I, I, <laughs> okay. well, I know what kind of smoke it might be, but yes, I, I, I'm I, not doing that for a reason because that is the absolute truth. No, I appreciate it. I, I, like I say, you know, I, I've written some dumb stuff. I've written some stuff that's not very good, but I think on balance I've done a pretty damn good job uh, here in Indy, 
and in other in other markets I've worked in Cleveland, Denver, to name a couple. And you know, to do it for 41 years, it, it's just hard. You know, I mean, writing. I'm lucky. Writing for me comes relatively uh, easy, but writing well is hard. And the idea of you know, I was watching the basketball game last night. And I was thinking, you know, maybe I don't have to write about this anymore. And and there there's a certain freedom in that. You know, I mean, I love sports. This is what I've always wanted to do. I've thought about doing other things. But, you know, writing about sports is always the thing that I wanted to do. And I got to live out my dream for 41 damn years. So it, it's not the worst thing in the world. Just got to figure out, you know, how we're going to pay the rent, how we're going to pay the mortgage. That's all. I, you know what? I, I will say this too, and I, I rarely have been on vacation, but the times I've been on vacation, uh, it, it's a feel good when you don't feel compelled to have to watch something for the sake of being educated to speak on behalf regarding what you watched or write in your case about it the next day. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there, there. I, I feel, I feel. Uh, I'm both pissed and feel liberated at yeah. the same time, if that makes any sense. You know, um, you know, I like the Colts had um, Richardson and all those folks talk today, and I thought, I'm playing golf. This isn't bad. <laughs> you know, it wasn't good golf. You know, it was an 87 right. with, with a bunch of three putts. But, you know, I, I, if this is it, I'm comfortable with it. Uh, if it's not, I'll just keep – I'll just keep hammering away, and I, I still think I have a voice. I still think I have something to say, and if people uh, still want to consume, uh, you know, what what I produce, then that's great. If not, you know, I'll just walk off into the sunset. It's uh, Bob Kravitz, kind enough to join us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I have always said this, and I've, I've said this a number of times. I, I thought you had the scoop of all scoops regarding <laughs> Deflategate, um, and anybody would love to have had that. Is that your greatest scoop of all time? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I'm a columnist, which, you know, which you know, and – to me, writing a really good, smart, funny uh, column is what I do and what I what I care most about. You know, I've never I, I've broken some stories along the way, but I've never really tried hard to break those stories. Uh, and if I'm being totally honest, uh, which apparently I am today, um, you know that, that that fell in my lap. You know, that somebody called me, and then I went and got it confirmed by a second source. But, yeah, for, I mean, for God's sake, I was on CNN with Anderson Cooper, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a scoop, it's a scoop of all scoops right there. So it, it is. A pretty, it was a pretty good one, man. It was a pretty good one. But I heard you talking earlier. I've come back from golf. I'd say the only scoop that's close is uh, Schefter who I know you love, uh, <laughs> Adam uh, breaking the story that uh, that Andrew Luck was retiring. That was a pretty big one, too. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm saying in terms of scoops around here, 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. There, there's no there's no contest because no. I mean the longevity of that story as ridiculous as it is the <laughs> yeah. longevity of that story tells the story in this case about how important that was to people. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I mean, I just I just remember when I got that call that night. I was like, can this possibly be true? But then I started reaching out to people <laughs> and like, oh yes, it's very true. And I remember being in the hotel uh, uh, after we're, after the game, and uh, I told Calabro, I said, well, here goes nothing. And I tweeted it out, <laughs> and all hell broke loose. <laughs> well, I just um, – and again, as, as, as silly as it all – I mean, as the longer that it went with everybody talking about it, the sillier that it got, but uh, – I'm gonna tell you that was that was the biggest deal, and uh, I was always yeah. happy for you, whether or not that came in your lap or you worked for it or you didn't. Doesn't matter, man, because that was yours, and that will always be yours, and that is that is pretty cool. It's Bob Kravitz with us. You mentioned a little bit earlier too. You've also written some dumb stuff. Um, at this point in your career, what what what? Forty one years. What's the dumbest? The dumbest would have to be. In 1995 or four, something like that, I wrote that the Broncos ought to trade John Elway. That was pretty dumb because they went and won the won the Super Bowl in '98 and '99. His last two years in the NFL, that was that was up there. I mean, look, if you write as many columns as I've written over the years, and it's it's got to be hundreds of thousands. Over the course of 41 years, I haven't done the math, but you're going to write some stuff that's just off, just it's just off the reservation. You're going to write stuff that, that that doesn't make sense. But I think, I think you know, if if I can give myself some credit, I think by and large, I knew what I was talking about. Um, I, I was, I never had an agenda, um, and I think I was honest with people. You know, whether it was my personal life or whether it was uh, something in sports, I think I've always been honest with people. You know, I remember writing about Tony Dungy being a bit of a hypocrite for deciding to come back, and uh, I caught all kinds of hell for that. But, you know. I don't think you caught hell from Tony himself, though, did you? No, no. I told Tony before, before I wrote it. I said, I'm writing this. I want you to know that. Because I respected him a lot. There are things that I don't – I have problems with some of Tony's opinions on certain things. Um, but, no, I, I respect Tony a lot. And I told him what I was writing. And he said, you know, I, I, I prayed about it. And this is the, the uh, decision that I reached. And that's fine. But, uh, no, he did not have a problem with it that I'm aware of. I remember everybody else did though. Everybody oh else had God. had a problem with it, and that was uh, that was regarding his uh, uh, All Star Dad's program. I think right is right. that what it was? My, my problem was that he, he was part of the All Pro Dad thing, and it was all about yeah. being there for your children. And then he was he was deciding to come back to Indianapolis while his family family was still down in Tampa, and you know I. I you know, he, he had been through uh, the worst, the worst of the worst to lose a child. Um, so I just thought it was it was it was not the right move at the time. 
you know, what, what I think is not terribly important, but I felt, uh, I felt that I had to share that, that that was my opinion. And I hope I've been honest with people, you know, I'm talking like I'm in the past tense and I may very well be, I have no idea, but that's just kind of how I felt about it at the time. Would you write that column today? Hell yes. See, I mean, that, that goes to show you that you still got the fire going. So I still, I I still do. I mean, I, I still feel like I have some stuff to say maybe in a different, uh, a different venue, uh, maybe in a different way, but I I think I still got some, some writing left in me, how, where that's going to, how that's going to manifest itself. I have no idea at all. It's been 48 hours, not just in, Drinking beer and playing golf. <laughs> That's a good 48 hours right there, though, let me tell you. Right, 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 right. Now, does this change the dynamic? Are you going to be able to go see uh, Elvis Costello now, Brown County Music Center? Oh, no, no. I, You know, I won the stupid award, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, you're going to Winston-Salem. I'm going to Winston-Salem. Well done. To- yes. Listen, have, you, have you gone? No, I, I – and uh, ironically enough, I, I won it. The year there was no sports, basically, 2020. Okay. <laughs> so they said, all right, we have nothing. To, we, okay, how can we do this? Give it to this clown. Um, I did not go. I was told, Don Fisher told me, who wanted more than I think any human imaginable, um, told me that I needed to go, that you have to go. It's a fun event. Um, but telling me that, you know, basically, I probably went to Greene County or something instead on that particular right. weekend. I did not go. But they say it's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh I almost backed out yesterday. I, I almost backed out because I'm like, you know, I'm a former journalist, and uh, you know, I, how am I going to be introduced? You know, Bob Kravitz from Indeed.com. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to introduce me, and I don't want people to feel sorry for me for what's happened. But I'm going to go because I've won it four times, three or four times, I can't remember, and I've never gone. And I just said, you know, what the hell? Let's let's do it, and uh, and, and and maybe work with some college college journalists, young journalists. And I'm still very interested in working with with younger writers and, and helping them out. I've been working at Ball State, uh, you know, during the, the during the semester, and I, I find that very gratifying. Is this era's journalism at all recognizable to what? you had known, especially you had known back in what I guess many would call your prime or even when you were first starting out? Yeah, it's, it's a lot different. There, it, like I say, it's hard to resist the temptation to scream. And there's a lot of screamers out there, but there, there's also a lot of really wonderful writers out there. You know, like for my place, I, I think James Boyd's going to do a great job uh, yeah, James that, is a really good dude. I mean, good, young, good, yeah, confident, yeah, savvy. And, and that, yeah. that keeper is tremendous. Yeah. And you, you go to our site and, you know, Brendan Quinn and writers like that are just phenomenal. So, yeah, the, 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 the world of journalism, sports journalism has changed. Like I say, you know, the athletic, when they started out, they wanted to out-newspaper the newspaper. They wanted to come into Indianapolis and Cincinnati and all these other markets and be as dominant, if more, not more dominant, than the local newspaper. 
And that has changed. They've changed their, their strategy. They've changed their marketing plan. They've changed their business plan. And so, yeah, it, it's changed quite a bit. I, what I have a difficult time with is, you know, it's become so analytically oriented, and I can't add. Yeah. You know, and and so uh, I so struggle much, with mathematics too. Uh, so yes. So much of it uh, of it now is is analytics, and that's just not something I've ever been comfortable with. So, you know, we move on. All right, book writing, anything like that? Nothing? No. I don't know. Here, here's the thing: is that I've been writing straight for for really forty five, yeah, fifty years. You know, going back to high school and and IU, and I'm not sure that I want to do a lot more writing right now. I, I don't have any book ideas. Um, I have to decide here in the next couple of weeks uh, whether I want to continue to do this. I'm sure my financial planner will tell me what I need to do. But uh, yeah, I look. I, I loved. I loved every minute of what. I was doing okay. Um, it, it, this is this is my dream job, and I've had a good run. And look, if this is it, uh, I'm perfectly comfortable with what I've accomplished. If there's more to come, then great. You know, I, I'm going to find something that I'm really I really like to do, and 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 write in the style that I feel comfortable with. Did you hear from Jim Jim Ursay? I have not. I heard from uh, Chris Ballard, uh, which is very nice. Uh, heard from, uh, I think I mentioned Carlisle and a bunch of other people. So the, 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 the local sports folks have been very, very kind, and I, I do appreciate it. All right. Book, script, something like that. But uh, Well, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah. figure it out. I got time, man. I'm going to more golf. You do. And go to Winston-Salem and have yourself a blast there. Very deserving of that honor, will, too. Buddy. And, you know, you're, uh, anytime you want to come on and talk with us, we'll we'll obviously keep you on here as, as much as you want to come on here because I okay. obviously enjoy you more than you know, man. I appreciate I, you. I, I appreciate you. appreciate you, buddy, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, Bob Kravitz right there. Thanks, Bob. All right, man. Be well. It's uh, Bob Kravitz on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 
on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline covering a lot right now. The spring sports are coming to a close. Softball finals in Lafayette last weekend. Golf championships going on at Prairie View today. And then, of course, a victory field coming up on Friday and Saturday. The baseball state finals for four classes. And Kyle Nedrip is kind enough to join us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. This is a busy time of year for you, isn't it? Yeah, Indiana All Stars last week, and then uh, I'm out at state golf today, and uh, it was a was a very bizarre kind of a windy uh, fall day. It felt like we had a, <laughs> it felt like October, like I should be going home to watch uh, college football later. But uh, but it was you know compared to last year, I think it was 98 both days last year, and it was uh, I know I was drenched in sweat, so I had a sweatshirt on. It was weird. It was very strange, but great day. Uh, of golf, uh, Aiden Gutierrez from uh, Valpo won the championship last year. He's five under and tied with uh, Jacob Modleski from Garen for first. And then the the team race, Garen, the defending team champs, up by two on Westfield. So that should be a really good race again. Those two went down to the wire last year. Should probably happen again uh, this uh, coming tomorrow. So really, really good golf. It's amazing how many really good golfers we have in uh, in Indiana. It's it's uh, shapes up to be a really fun day tomorrow. It's, uh, Kyle Nedrup with us. You know, I mentioned this, I think, to you a little bit earlier, too, regarding just a spectacular spring sports season. And I think I brought it up in terms of, of softball and individually. Um, you know, obviously, with, with Keegan Rothrock and, and Max Clark, um, the best baseball and softball players, to me, arguably, I guess you can make that, certainly – uh, in the nation, from what we've witnessed, and, and both having seasons end not quite the way they felt they might. Yeah, so I, I think that even speaks to probably the depth of the uh, talent in both sports. Um, you know, it was kind of a fluky, not a fluky thing, but just, you know, that softball game looked like could have gone either way, uh, certainly, and, and Rothrock did more than did enough uh, in her career, you know, to uh, to lead that Ron Colley team. Max, you know, it's hard in baseball. You know, it's not a win. You know, there's, he's not out there pitching every day or, you know, you can't really, you know, feed him the ball like you you can in football or basketball. So baseball is a little different that way. Uh, you're kind of dependent on your pitching or whatever else is in your lineup. So, uh, but with what he's done, I saw he's working out for the Tigers uh, today. And then, you know, they have the third pick in the draft and then, uh, you know, winning the uh, national awards, you know, that he's won just, uh, pretty incredible you know to have those type of athletes you go down the list not even you know those two sports but you go down the list of of lots of different sports and the amount of uh, talent and uh, per capita you know it's pretty amazing you know the high school athletes we have in in our state and uh you know it's it's just fun to see what they do not only now but in the future for especially a guy like max who projects to probably make it uh, pretty quickly you know you can't count on anything necessarily but uh especially in baseball baseball yeah. can be kind of weird that way but you know gosh i mean everything he's done and everything he projects as uh, certainly looks uh phenomenal uh for his immediate future you know in the day um i don't know how much you cover this in the day and still to this day the indiana bulls uh, basically every level age level uh prior to to college was synonymous with high level baseball it does seem like that you have a lot more and see a lot more of those bulls types of of spring summer and early fall teams than ever before and i, I think that's a a lot to be said about the growth in baseball in this case in this state over the past couple of decades 
Yeah, I mean, I had a chance over the pandemic. Uh, you know, I think it was that 2020. They had a college league out at uh, at Grand Park, and that was kind of one of the first things to come back. And then you, so I was out there covering some of that and watching. You know, the, and they had scouts out there come out and was watching some of the talent come back. And I still, I think they still do that league to a, to a certain extent uh, every year. But uh, but yeah, it's just it's it's amazing. Uh, you know, when you go down the list and you're like, oh man, yeah, that guy played. That guy played. You know, McDermott's brother who's in the Baltimore Orioles organization pitch for Ball State and he's starting to rise up through the ranks and you know you just run into all kinds of uh you know all kinds of people but yeah the Bulls you know they were kind of the first and still you know considered the strongest of any of the you know the the travel programs and and uh you know they do they've done a great job over time their name's synonymous you know the Bulls kind of carries weight you know when you say yeah. that name and I, I see that the, the Canes seem like that they're an upcoming growing type of group now too i see their names a lot now in baseball here yeah yeah you see them you see there's a lot of others uh you know the the expos organization you know there's a lot of different ones that uh you know throughout the years have uh you know kind of risen there's just more of them now i would say too it used to be where the bulls kind of cornered the market on uh you know on on baseball pretty much and they still do they still get the most talent and everything but you know there's more of them now you know and there's just more tournaments and and it's kind of that's the same way you know aau basketball is that way too there's just more teams now more of the uh players who you know maybe not play uh travel basketball in the past now do you know it's kind of part of the it's i don't know if it's better or worse <laughs> but there's more there's more of it year-round uh in just about every sport i want to get to all stars with the end and then i want to get to friday and saturday at victory field Kyle and rip of the stars on the andy moore automotive group hotline but uh, i need to ask you because you were up there how did uh, happy gilmore from Bloomington South, the junior do today. And seriously, happy Gilmore. How did he uh, yeah, perform? Yeah. yeah, I did a story on him last year, but his name is Happy. I think his actual name is Landon, if I remember right. <laughs> I apologize if that's wrong, but he, he does go by Happy. It kind of, you know, that's become his, his name, his trademark, and uh, that's who he is. But, yeah, I think he – I believe he ended up even par – uh, for the day, so he's I think in a le- tie for eleventh in that area, that range. So the leaders are five under. So he's still you know still in shouting distance. He's definitely one of the best golfers in the state, uh, and he's only a junior, so he'll be back again next year, I'm sure. Bloomington South has a good team. I think they were they're uh, everyone is a little bit behind Westfield and Garen right now, but uh, they're in that hunt for third place for sure. Um, so yeah, he's a, he's in the mix there, and yeah, his name is is actually Happy. So it's it's pretty cool, and he he kind of you know carries that proudly, and uh, you know it's kind of a cool thing. I, people see that name like what in the world? you know what, what what's going on there, <laughs> but, but yeah, it is true, and he's a really good player. Happy Gilmore Junior, Bloomington South. It's uh, Cowden Edinburgh with us. So I'm going to be at Victory Fields coming up on on Friday. That's five thirty and eight o'clock. The first two of four over Friday and Saturday state championship games in baseball. I I don't know if I had ever heard of the team playing locally, Covenant Christian, at five thirty, and that's. Ileana Christian is that up up in the armpit northwest Indiana? Yeah, that's uh, obviously right on the border there. It's a uh, Il- it's a new school, and I think it came into existence maybe uh, two years ago, I believe. And it's been a program that uh, obviously relatively new and has had early success. Uh, so another um, you know another one of the schools that kind of comes into the IHSA and immediately has has enjoyed some success. So yeah, I th- and I. 
I want to say they won the semi state last year as well. So obviously came into the uh, into the IHSA with uh, with some talented players. But uh, and yeah, Covenant Christian uh, obviously they've been around for a while and have had a lot of success here locally uh, with their baseball program and, and other yeah. sports too. Man, they've been you know, they won football. I believe that was the uh, I believe that was the pandemic year of 2020 that fall. So, uh, but yeah, boys basketball, girls basketball, they've had some, some serious uh, talent uh, there on the West side. So, uh, should be a good opportunity for them to uh, try to grab one in baseball as well. Now also on Friday at Silver Creek and, and Duran at eight o'clock. And then on Saturday, you got uh, Lafayette Central Catholic, which is often there. And Bar Reeve had a fantastic performance, I think, against Shackamack, right? Shackamack is one of the better teams, especially in, in single-class baseball, historically in the state of Indiana. Bar Reeve, though, best them, so they're in the state championship game at 4.30 coming up against Lafayette Central Catholic on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it should be another good one. And, uh, of course, those are names, you know, Bar Reeve, you kind of associate uh, with basketball, but obviously you have uh, a lot of talented uh, athletes in their school. And, and yeah, Shackamack, they've always – I actually went down there and did a story on their baseball program probably two, three years ago. And, uh, that yeah, that's a program that always is always is good and always has a lot of baseball players in that uh, area of the state. But, uh, uh, yeah, Shackamack's always kind of one of those teams you look for in the, to run – make a deep run in the tournament. Yeah, they. Um, I went back. There was, and I don't know if he's still. I haven't even looked. Chip Sweet was the coach. Whenever I was uh, when we played Shackenback, they were in the Swiak with us, and uh, they were they were always good. And of course, growing up, you play in a lot of Babe Ruth All Star teams, a lot of those guys too, and you get to know them a little bit, and you you get a, a an understanding as you did in that piece with Shackenback about why they love baseball as much as they do there. Yeah, that that it's it's always interesting to me. You know, there's different areas of the state or different schools that that sort of have success in a sport, and there's normally a reason for that or a, or a history uh, of that. And you know, whether that's a coach or a uh, you know some sort of program, I'm actually kind of working on a project. Uh, sort of along those lines uh, that I think is kind of going to be interesting. It's going to take me a little while to to uh, get it off the ground, but uh, but I you know it, it, there's just it's it is kind of interesting to see like counties that have certain success uh, that or maybe for maybe a different sport or something you didn't really think of, but there's normally a reason for that or a, a program that kind of leads to that success or a coach that invests uh, in kids or you know whatever the reason is. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's a good example of that. Hey, Kyle, before I let you go, when was the last time a high school in the state of Indiana won both the, the softball championship and the baseball championship, in this case in 4A? Penn last week beats Ron Colley, and coming up on Saturday night, they get a very good and well-tested Center Grove team. Do you know the last time that's happened? I'll have to look that up and uh, and find that out for you. That's a, that is a good question, though. I don't I don't think that is something that has happened since I can remember. I, I can't remember it either. It just occurred yeah. to me just because of what took place in Lafayette last weekend. Yeah, that's a good question. I'll have to I'll check that out and get back to you. Uh, who's well? I mentioned Center Grove being well tested, uh, and certainly their path against good teams uh, has been true. There's no doubt. But what about Penn coming from the north? Yeah, I mean that's obviously you know they're Andrean's up there. Um, you know, there's there's obviously schools that uh, you know that that have have tested them along the way, and I, I can't tell you for sure who they've uh, 
you know who they've all be but that's a program that's uh you know pretty established and you know it's it's just talking to somebody today it's like uh you know Penn's having all the success you know in in different sports all over the place and you know it's kind of interesting it was football that they were sort of known for and they've they haven't had that much success here recently uh as much uh in football so that's that's just sort of an interesting sidebar. I was talking to somebody at, at golf today, but, uh, but yeah, they're, and they had a golfer today who I think was five under through nine and he kind of backed off a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, they've got a good, a good run going there at Penn and uh, I'm sure we'll make a good uh, representation of themselves uh, in that class four a game. Uh, well, stop by at victory field on Friday and uh, we'll, we'll get you on before the end of the show as well. I'm assuming you're going to be out there for uh, both uh, Friday and Saturday, but if you get time, come out and join us again and we'll get to a little bit more of the, uh, the all-star basketball as well. Maybe next time. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on, John. Always Kyle. Thank you very much. You bet.